What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Alif, here, and welcome to What Matters to Alif, the podcast where I take you behind the scenes into my life and share with you what matters to me. Enjoy. Guys, what is going on? Welcome to What Matters to a Leaf. Today, today, I have a special guest with me. Uh, what's her name? What's her name? Well, say my name, say my name. <laughs> <laughs> That's your name, say my name? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I oh, tried you to open up for you. Oh, yeah. my bad. I thought you were really bad. No, that's her really bad. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the pause, and then you're going to be like, <laughs> no, I was hoping that you'd feel it, but you didn't. And I now. Oh, cringe. my bad. We were it's in okay. the wrong. <laughs> let me let me reset formally. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, guys, what is going on? I have my awesome friend here. Her name is Tashin. Uh, she is the, one of the most confident females I know. She's super involved in the community. But you know, Tashin, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what's so awesome about you? Cool. Thank you so much for having me, Leaf. Um, hi everyone! Super excited to be here. It's like my first Zoom podcast. Hey. I, I don't know. Like I hope I'm doing it right. Uh, so a little bit about me. I am Tasha Radoshi. Um, I just literally finished my undergrad for Law Society. So just like most graduates of 2020, I'm gonna be graduating online. Not really sure how oh. I feel about it, but oh, it is no. what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, but even during my undergrad and I think starting from like high school, I've held numerous uh, leadership positions on campus and also off campus within my community. And I'm super excited to be sharing some of those experiences with you mm -hmm. and everyone else to hear and just see where this conversation goes. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm excited to have you here. Guys, we're going to be talking about women in leadership. We're going to be exploring that topic. Now, you know, of, of me as, as a guy, there's some things about, like, you know, female situation and what they go through that I don't understand. And this is this episode's idea is to broaden our perspective and learn more about each other and all that good stuff. So with that being said, let's get into the first question. Uh, Tashin, when I say, you know, women in leadership, uh, what does that mean to you specifically? I think for women in leadership, it means um, so many different things. Like, mm -hmm. for example, there was this recent study done by Plan International Canada where they found 75% of girls and young women found that they have the capacity to hold leadership position. However, 81% of them did not, like, they were not sure if they have what it takes. It's okay. like 75% of them know that they can like do something on hold leadership positions, but like there's something that holds them back. Mm -hmm. And that's like 81%. And like that kind of like sad made sense to me. It, was, it wasn't surprising because when it comes to like women in leadership, it means so much more. It means about representation. Growing up, like I wasn't really like um, surrounded with powerful women leaders who looked like me. Like I'm Bangladeshi Canadian immigrant and like, whenever I was pursuing leadership position, um, my intersectionality was something that was always in my head because we are, always have like this idea of how a leader is. Mm -hmm. And for me, mm -hmm. it was because it's like always like a white man in like a suit, <laughs> very like stiff, mm -hmm. very like holding that um, leadership position that's almost unobtainable. 
So, mm. you know, like it's that scary feel like, oh, am I going to be able to make that far? But like, as I was like holding leadership positions, um, I started to see like my own flair of doing things. I realized that women in leadership w- will not look one specific way. It's going to look so many different ways. And that's what makes it so unique. And when we have more women holding leadership positions, it inspires more girls and women to do the same. Maybe mm-hmm. not that specific uh, industry. It could be something else. So mm-hmm. when we have 81% of them, like young girls saying that, oh, they are not sure if they have what it takes. How can we decrease that such staggering number? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, whenever... And- yeah, so whenever I am holding leadership positions, I'm like, it's not just me. I'm thinking about generations of girls who are going to come after me as well. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I want to backtrack and dig a little bit about one thing you yeah. mentioned. Uh, and, and specifically, it was something around, you know, females knew they could do it, but they didn't, didn't have maybe like the, the mindset to have the confidence to actually uh, execute that. You know, that's very interesting to me because, you know, as, as a guy, from my perspective and growing up as, as a boy, I'm generally told that, hey, if you can't do it, you're a piece of your you're crap, you piece of shit. Like you're, yeah. you're the hell, man. Yeah. So man the hell up and do it. And then like, yeah. and it's showing weakness is the weird part. But you know, you, when it comes to females, I've noticed, you know, it's more about like when you're growing up, they're told like, Hey, know your place, follow the man, everything like that. Right. Yeah. So my question to you is given that, why do you think in that statistic, females don't feel like they're good enough to do it? Like, what do you think is the cause of it? Yeah, I think it's much more than just a mindset. I think it's culture around it mm-hmm. because women are like told to be a particular way, be mm-hmm. more quiet. Like we are policed ever since like a little kid. The way we dress, the way we talk, the way we like going to school, like even having school uniforms, right? It's a very like structured way that you have to fit in this particular way that society wants you to be. So once you step away from it, a lot of times women are scrutinized. A lot mm-hmm. of times people, women are like, oh, you're not being womanly enough. Like this is how a woman should be. A little quiet, needs to follow the steps of a man. And these are very traditional mindset, right? And this can be seen through media representation as well. Mm-hmm. If you look into superheroes, like hypersexualization of women characters, a lot of it. Even like whether it's like superheroes or even just like, um, I don't know, Transformers, like Megan Fox, like that's something that just popped in my head, right? <laughs> um, I don't know, like hypersexualization. I know exactly what scene you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, like of woman bodies, where you're like told that you need to be like bearing a child, you need to be a caregiver, far more than oh, you have to go and make that bread. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Whereas, like, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Go, 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 on. When you say, you know, this is a cultural thing and because culture, like, bring women are like this, like, mm-hmm. is there any specific people in the culture that you've noticed are the biggest reasons? Like, do you think, like, it's generally men and their agenda, which makes, you know, women feel not good enough? Or do you think it's a collective group as a whole? Like, can you break that down into I more detail? I think it's like, detail? it's like generational. Like, it goes okay. beyond, like, like it's something that, like, my, even my mom, you know, like, I'm pretty loud. Like, I walk into her room, I will take up space, and my mom's just like, yo, chill out, right? <laughs> and, like, you know, you need to let the man talk. You need to let your dad talk. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I know what I know, and I know more than Abu, and I can speak, <laughs> I can speak on it. Like, why do I have to step away? Like, why do I have, 
and I think it's like generational and I mm-hmm. it also like goes into like colonization and capitalism like the way to like surveil women's body and control them in a way that satisfies like society standards and everything that's like a whole that's a whole another history lesson but like Overall, I would say it's passed down generational, but Mm -hmm. even within that generation, there have been women who have been breaking those boundaries. And even for me to be able to be an advocate, to be a confident woman, um, before me, it came black women. They they were like the trailblazers. They were the ones who are like advocating for women's rights that benefited not only just other black women, but also brown women in general as well. Interesting. I, w- I want to build on it because that, that's a new topic for me too. Um, so from what I'm understanding, you think you're saying black people generally started the movement towards more e- equality and things of that Absolutely. nature. And then- Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It was, it was, it was uh, black women, like when it comes to like gender equality and everything, right? When yeah. we like look into like voting and everything, black women oh. got the right to vote much later. So if you look into the way like society impacts law, law impacts society and social movements, black women have been at the forefront. Even like I talk about colorism a lot, which is like discrimination based on like skin tones. If you're like a darker shade, you're going to be treated differently from someone Mm -hmm. who's lighter skin. All that have like anti-black undertones. Mm. Anti-black as in like that essentially like discriminates black people like why do we discriminate women who are in leadership position who are darker skin mm-hmm. so it's like when it comes to women in leadership it's not just like oh women in leadership just because you're a woman but there are other factors that come in mm-hmm. so like let's say a friend of mine if they were to be white passing white passing as in like even though they're like a person of color they could pass as a white person is that what passing means? Yeah, white passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, so like, if you're a person of color, you can pass as a white person? Yeah, if you're very light skin. If you're very, very light skin, you okay. could there are some people who can pass as white people. And is this like a slang or is this like oh, no, no, actual... it's, it's actually a term. It's a term. White passing is actually a term. And because you're white passing, you get different set of privileges, which helps you climb up leadership um like structures or positions far more if you're visibly like racialized are there certain like countries or races that generally get categorized as white passing like i, I don't know like, like there are bengalis they're like we're both bengalis right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh I there are I bengalis <laughs> there are bengalis who are white passing as well just like you know how i'm a Durkson brown girl like Durkson bengali there are white passing bengalis as well so when it comes to leadership positions uh they're more likely to like go up the leadership uh, scale far uh, for faster or like much faster than someone who's racialized. So when we talk about colors in the spectrum, right, even the existence of it is with the tones of um, um, anti-blackness. Mm-hmm. But if we were to look into like the origin, it's like black people who are the ones who are like advocating, like pushing, being like the trailblazers. And oftentimes when we talk about this stuff with, when it comes to women in leadership, this is like the narrative that gets almost left out mm-hmm. like and mm-hmm. like i have to like if i were to talk about it i have to give credits uh to the black women who came before me and like for me to hold leadership positions right now like it's a lot of it because they had broken those uh glass ceilings they have paved the path for generations to come and with me holding leadership positions i'm like trying to break barriers of my own so the generations who will come after me will be able to access these spaces 
a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super deep. Yeah, it seems like uh, you're approaching things from a place of like, you know, honoring people behind you, honoring people who kind of paved the path so that you can yeah. be grateful to them and like, you know, pay yeah, their absolutely. dues and whatnot, right? Absolutely, absolutely. A random question that just came to mind. <laughs> if you, I want to ask you, when do you think we'll have the first brown female president? Or per, yeah, prime minister. Prime, 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 let's say president. Prime, let's say president. President, like United States. United States for now. I think we need to perhaps for like we need to first have a female president, like probably a white president or a black uh, female. Do you think president. we're close to that? Huh? Do you think we're close to that? I feel like the next in the next two or so we might finally get like it'll probably be a, a white female president. to be honest. Yeah. 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 I mean, no, like that's a whole other aspect. I think it would take a bit more time. I think mm. it would take a bit more time because there needs to be much more solidarity and support from brown communities. What do you mean? Like, when, like from my experience, uh, from what I've noticed, when there are like um, leaders who are like brown, like holding leadership positions or striving for like those political spaces or whatever, um, there are not enough support from like brown communities collectively. Whereas because of like, this is like generational colonization and like mindset, we're much more used to trusting someone who fits into the normative structure, which is often like the white man white guy, yeah. going to like lead us and like, like advocate for us. We're not used to it. Uh. And because we're not used to it, like I, I, I can assume and like I can really say that um, there's, there is more chance of like, receiving a backlash like there needs to be there needs to be much more support and love for our own community like how can like if i were to say oh when can i see the next bangladeshi prime minister bangladeshi president i need to be able to support bangladeshi local communities in a way that we are strong enough to support other brown communities and other black communities indigenous communities so we can all come together to have and elect Mm. someone do you know what it's, I mean? Yeah, no, I totally that, know what you're saying. Like, there needs to be far more um, union and harmony. Yeah, yeah. For, for example, like, let's say, hypothetically, my uncle in Bangladesh right now, right? Yeah, um, yeah. If, he, if he sees, like, a Bengali running for a prime minister um, or president right now in the United States, I, I can, if I ask him about it, I feel like, you know, he might say, what is Bengali? Let, let, let the white guy do it, you know? Like, they, they're yeah. the power. They, they know this stuff. They're the Britons yeah. and Great Britons of the world, yeah. right? Like, yeah. So is that, is that what you're trying to get? Like, what you're yeah, trying to make- yeah. It's, 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 it's the mindset because we're not used to it. And when we hold, like, leadership positions, also, like, if, um, if I were to hold a leadership position as a, Bang- like, a Bengali, like, girl, I would want other Bengali girls and, like, my other community members to be able to access this position. Mm-hmm. And it, it shouldn't just stop at me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm like the only one with this crown. I want ev- someone else to like be able to have accessibility to this, to this space as well. And not just Bengali, but like other like brown communities as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, this leads into like my next question. Um, so, you know, like there's like, have you watched Crazy Rich Asians? Huh? Have you watched Crazy Rich Asians? Cra- Crazy Rich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it. Yeah. I watched it. Yeah, yeah, so one thing I kind of noted through that movie and near the end, you know, there's like the Eastern mentality uh, con- more on the conservative collective side, whereas like the individualistic yeah. thing on the West going on. Yeah. And, I, and I realized, like really think about it, like 
there's no technically a right or a wrong way. It just yeah. is. And it's how yeah. people kind of interpret and whatnot, right? Yeah. You know, g- given what you're mentioning, right, like the female empowerment, what do you say for like those females in maybe a more collective traditional cultures where, you know, it's more normal to follow the man, you know, pray behind the man in the mosque and all that stuff. Like what are your thoughts on for them and like what would you say to them or like general? I, I, I cannot like impose my own values onto them. I think I would rather like at first I would like to understand where they're coming from and like mm-hmm. have an exchange of knowledge. Would you prefer I... them to be more like you know like like would I prefer people and, like... to be like more westernized and like individualistic? No, no wait, not westernized but like just coming at from like the mindset you're mentioning like you know self-confidence yeah. you have voice like stand up for yourself stuff yeah and i think um we have like this idea that people in like eastern like uh traditional they're not confident maybe they are they feel confident doing whatever they're doing traditionally you know what i'm saying like i feel confident doing this they feel confident that way and like confidence looks so differently for different people right and that's why um having that exchange of conversation would be integral to like even for me to like respond to this question which one's right or wrong mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so okay that's interesting so like there's no right or wrong it's more I, like people I have their own beliefs no right or wrong. like i think as long as there are opportunities and accessibility for people to rise and like reach their potential in leadership positions without facing discrimination and oppression and like violence any sort of it should be cool yeah but, yeah but, but once the so once there's like you're like upholding like someone from mm. like achieving something because of your own personal agenda that then i'll be like yo like let's be transparent yeah. here what is like the undertone what is mm-hmm. the reasoning for you to be doing certain things yes, i think it's yeah. good to question and like understand question to understand and mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure they would have questions for the way i do things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the way i lead as well yeah the way i kind of sort of see it like when you're talking i, I see it as two ways like there's like the getting rid of the systematic discrimination and all the barriers that'll help help you like that'll hinder you from getting there plus there's like the the in, internal confidence that you need to instill in someone so that they can actually use that opening to get in there like that's yeah. kind of yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it, right? like it like confidence looks differently for different people yeah yeah, like, yeah, and I think that's that's I I did an episode on confidence. If y'all want to check it out, it's at Running Thoughts. <laughs> yeah, plug it in. <laughs> plug it in. Um, yeah, I have my own podcast. I talk about like confidence and how confidence looks differently for different people. And mm. once you're able to identify your definition of confidence, I think mm-hmm. it's like liberating. Mm-hmm. Who do you look up to personally in terms of like female and leadership positions, and specifically what aspects about them do you like? Uh, when it comes to women in empowerment and like women in leadership, I look up to like all women in leadership or even if they don't have le- leadership positions, like I look up to my friends. Mm-hmm. I look up to like when I was like, we both were at UNICEF and like before me, you were the president and during my presidentship, I looked up to the volunteers, the general members. Mm-hmm. Cause like even just doing that, I'm like inspired by their little acts, little quote unquote, little like, that we may consider uh, small, because like I see it as like it all accumulates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I look up to my friends, look up to youth advocates, look up to 
people in my life. Because even the simplest tasks, like for me, like I redefine what leadership is. Leadership doesn't mean that you have to hold a prestigious position. It could be like doing like tabling and you doing, you're putting in your passion. You like asking questions. Mm -hmm. You trying to figure out your own way of like doing certain things, whether you're a volunteer mm -hmm. or executive or just nice. like a person in the street, just doing your own thing. Like I am inspired by each and every single moment and like from anyone and everyone. But if you want like celebrities, like that kind of stuff, I look up to Rihanna. Oh, I, Rihanna. Okay. I love and Rihanna. what about her? She's so multifaceted. She breaks boundaries. Uh, she's good. Like, like sis, she got music going, makeup, fashion. She has her own foundation. Like she's like breaking boundaries and like the work that she's doing um, is inspiring generations, mm -hmm. generations of women. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like really Rihanna and like all women around me. And I'm so fortunate to be able to surround myself with some um, incredible people, whether mm -hmm. they are in prestigious leadership positions or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what's coming up for me right now, as you mentioned, this is like, uh, leadership is not necessarily leading people. It's more about leading yourself to the best version of yourself. And you know what people will follow and sometimes who knows? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's why, like, um, I, like, really treasured my volunteers, you know? Like, our volunteers and everyone. Like They were the best, huh? members. Yeah, yeah. Like, as much as I love my executive team, they were phenomenal. Like, I give that much love to volunteers as well. And then I see some of them, and I'm like, yo, how's it going? They're like, yo, you remember me? And I'm like, of course, fam. <laughs> <laughs> And it's yeah. like always oh, interesting because like our like people usually assume like just because you're like oh you're the president of some freaking organization it's like you're all that I'm like oh just like you I was a volunteer once upon a time. <laughs> yeah right. I, you know it's funny like even like myself when I was in that that position as well like president walking around volunteers would see me and it's like oh yeah. hey Alif how's it going you're the yeah, president yeah. oh look at you but then yeah. the reality is I just kind of do and like just did exactly. stuff you know exactly right? and especially and that's important like I've noticed like when I especially remember like uh female volunteers like not only um some of them look up to me but also like remembering them it like creates greater of an impact it's remembering like, them what do you mean remembering them like remembering like their one time coming out to volunteer uh, like tabling Oh. it's that slightest contribution it's like yo i'm noticed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. interesting yeah you gotta and treat people with respect and whatnot right yeah and i think that leaves a big impact because if they were to be in a leadership position they would do the same at least i would hope so mm -hmm. what are, what are your thoughts uh and this question is kind of came to mind is um you know in leadership you know people generally you know if you're president and or you're president of a club or whatever right it's there's like an authority figure kind of viewpoint where you're the go-to person to solve the problems and you're like this perfect person whatever right uh what role do you think yeah quote unquote perfect what role do you think vulnerability plays in you being a good leader? Like general thoughts on that, you know, feel free to take that and run with it as you wish. Yeah, I think it's something that I'm still trying to like find a balance about vulnerability, leadership, and like being assertive. Because like if I were to walk into a room, right, and not just me being a president or holding a prestigious position, um, I want people to hear my ideas. I want to be able to contribute to the conversation. 
uh, to the best of my ability, be assertive so people are not like taking my ideas, running away with it and not giving me credit because that has happened. Oh no. That has happened. There has there have been moments where people wouldn't give me the space that I deserve to be holding and oftentimes it's men doing so. So it's like being assertive in a way that my presence is known but also being able to be vulnerable at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. I think we have lots of work to do to establish vulnerability is also a strength. Because mm. we, like, I don't think we have that conversation enough, especially when it comes to mental health and vulnerability. It's like, when it comes to leaders, it's like, you are this confident person, like the go-to, Miss Perfect or Miss Perfect, whoever, perfect you are and oftentimes vulnerability like for example for me it's like i have a lot of anxiety so like how could do could do we really picture a confident leader also having anxiety mm-hmm. not often so like and it's like one of those questions i always ask myself like i need to be assertive but if i'm feeling anxious i need to be able to share that in a way that i'm well accommodated Mm. and everyone else is like well equipped to take the next steps do you know like it's like I, I, that tricky space yeah exactly it, it's always a weird space like when is too much too much when is not enough so you're not human at the same time yeah and i think it's also a, not just me but it's also the team's understanding of this context i've been pretty lucky with uh my team with the unicef like eventually at the end of the term like winter semester comes in i used to share like yo i'm like really anxious like i'm not really sure but that didn't diminish my capability as a president because people had the understanding and we had already worked to destigmatize mm, area. So it's not like, oh, am I too much? Am I too much of a burden? But it's, you're never too much. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. cumulative team effort to ensure that everyone's accommodated accordingly. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. It's interesting because, you know, there were times where I was in like literally leadership positions for jobs and whatnot. And sometimes I became a little too vulnerable, I'd say, and too open book to a point where they started seeing me as more of a friend and like a, yeah. like a bro level. But then yeah, the reality is when it came to like giving them like jobs and duties and like responsibilities, yeah. then it, was, yeah. it got a little weird, the relationship, because, you know, they know yeah. me so well, but then now I'm their boss too. And, and there have been times where I'm just like not enough here vulnerability where i just seem like a cold stone poster boy kind of thing and yeah. you're right it's it's a weird yeah. way to balance things right yeah and i think it's not just one person uh responsibility it's everyone's but i think if you have leadership position like the president or a prestigious position in a team um you have the power to set the tone mm-hmm. you have the power to set the tone and like establish boundaries and like you can work, all work together to establish each other's boundaries in a way that people are not feeling like burdened or like yeah. a burden. Yeah. Yeah. Any sort of. Yeah. I totally get it. And you know, to the, to the, to the guy listeners listen to this, like what are your thoughts on like guys who cry, like, like vulnerable guys, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, what are you your asking thought? me? Yeah. 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 You're no, asking no, I'm actually asking you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I thought you like, took my this listeners. is more. Yeah. No, this is direct. Yeah. You got it. Um, I think anyone can cry. Right um uh, whether you're men female but i think because of like how toxic masculinity works and like the expectation of like how men in leadership positions work and everything um it's like whoa men crying that's not a thing 
right? Mm-hmm. And I, um, and it's like women are more likely to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even that, in and of itself, it's like, oh, you're too sensitive, you're too emotional. It goes both ways, right? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like women who are too emotional, men not emotional at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you find so a good balance? It's 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 the patriarchy. Like, yo, let's dismantle the patriarchy. <laughs> that's 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 how you're gonna get the answer like you need to uh like the like deconstruct toxic masculinity uh, it's not just like um even like men supporting other men in this conversation i cannot i cannot speak on behalf of men at all and um i think for women that is like when people are um perceiving you as being too emotional how can you navigate that conversation? Like, why, why are you mm-hmm. uh, perceiving me that way? Right? I've ha- I've gotten that comment actually. Yo, Tashin, you're being a little too emotional right now, and I was like, yo, I'm just. Who I'm just said it? Guess. Yo, I'm not saying names. I mean, not right. Don't give me names. Give me like, okay, never mind. It was, it was a friend or like, let's say they're they're let's no. This was in a team, and throughout like the past several years, I've held various leadership positions, right? And in one of them, it was someone who was like, oh, Tasha, and you're like, are you okay? Or you sound too emotional. Like, and I was just like, oh, this is just me being passionate about something. So, uh-huh. so yeah, like, and like for men, it's like, oh, you're like, I, I'm, I'm assuming this. It's like, oh, they don't have any emotional. They're like stone cold, whatever. So it's, it, once again, it goes into patriarchy. It goes into toxic masculinity, like how it's like that locker boy talk or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's a cumulative effort. And I think I personally think, you know how, uh, Justin Baldoni, he has like that table talk. He does an incredible work, like to dis, uh, to deconstruct toxic masculinity where men come together and like, they have this conversation as well. And like also find ways, how can they support women in mm. a way? If like someone were to like say, Oh, Tash, you're being too emotional. How can someone else be an ally and be like, yo, like, that's that's not okay you're mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no I, I totally agree i haven't listened to his content yet but like i've heard the work he does it seems pretty yeah, cool yeah. i i almost feel like you know guys yo we gotta like support one another and be like like it's sometimes it's weird to go up to another guy and be like bro i i, I just fucking want to cry man like can i just cry on your shoulders like it, yeah. it, there's a weird like yeah not you know what i mean yeah. yeah the more we can just kind of dismantle that and say like yeah. yo it's okay come here man like, give me a hug and yeah. Right, yeah. right it'll spread to everyone and then we will be less hard like, on each other and it's like women are perceived as like oh the caregiver they're like more caring right mm-hmm. and it's like how and like it goes both ways like how can men also support women in ways that's like yo like how can i be there for you yeah you know what's interesting um speaking on that like you know as, as we're guys we're supposed to be like um the the money makers and be successful and stuff yeah, right yeah. exactly and what's interesting is i realized that conditioning got so in my head to a point where if when i was in a past relationship and and the girl would make more money than me in her job compared to mine i'd feel so like insecure and like weird and not good enough and it's just yeah. such conditioning is intense it's, yeah yeah it's like it's like holding that like masculinity like oh woman it's also like you feeling insecure about that but it's like we should also be applauding like yo you go make that bread you're a woman you like you go break that barrier like yeah i'm feeling insecure like i'm feeling terrible in myself but i also want to support you pursuing this yeah it was so position. Weird. it's yeah <laughs> it goes like and i'm pretty sure she would want you she, she would want that support from you 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah right? and exactly. you're, like, you're trying to navigate your own internal shit and try to figure out how can I also be a good partner for them. It's exactly it's the patriarchy. Really, it's just the patriarchy. Like, how can we dismantle that shit? You know? Yeah, like it's it's <laughs> the conditioning in our head, the mindset, the stuff we're repeatedly told, and everything. Yeah. Right? Like all this ego and everything. Oh my god. Um, you know, <laughs> last couple, <laughs> last couple <laughs> questions, but uh, um, do you think you? Well, we already answered like a couple of these questions already. Technically, look at we were already covering everything. We're in some natural yeah, I, I think with the all overlap, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, can you maybe like, if you're comfortable with it, share some moments in your life where you felt like you know maybe you weren't the good enough, but then you overcame it, and then eventually you noticed you know people started appreciating you for you are any sort of story like that. Like when it comes to leaderships, uh, positions or whatever. Yeah, like whatever sort of comes to mind. Yeah. So like. Um, I've always felt insecure, like, you know, like being, I've never seen any dark skinned brown girl holding leadership position. Like I've seen brown women uh, holding leadership mm-hmm. positions or whatever, but like that was later in my life. It was mm-hmm. mostly like men and then white women and like other, uh, brown women, but never like dark skinned brown women. So it was mm-hmm. just like breaking into that space. It's just like, yo, like, are they like, for me, one of my biggest concerns, like, are they going to take me seriously? Mm. and oftentimes there were events or conversations that I've held or like had with people that validated that fear like Uh, oh you're being too emotional or like they would listen to someone else over me uh, even though we both said the same thing you know mm. that 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 hits different it's like you said an idea and someone else said the same thing but they're um their uh, context or conversation or like their speech is taken with much more legitimacy than you. Mm. Does that make sense? So that like, oh, how can I overcome that? And like with like having anxiety, it's like balancing so many different worlds because it's not just like a woman, brown woman, like I'm like an immigrant and being dark skinned. There's so many different layers of my own identity that I have to navigate and understand before I could just be comfortable mm-hmm. like and be confident like I always had like the idea of like oh this is a confident person you know you need to be at the front uh, making presentations giving speech which I did but never felt that internally because oh. there were other parts of my identity that I needed to navigate and feel confident about and once I was able to do that like understand like why am I feeling insecure about this part of my identity why am I feeling this part then there's so many different layers and that takes so much time that takes so much time Mm. of like internal work and uh, like not a lot of people have the privilege to have that time to dive deeper because Mm. they're hustling they're balancing thousand other things but I was fortunate enough to be able to have some time to do that internal work and once I was able to do it not only like previously I was already confident, but my confidence felt a lot more authentic to me. Ah, wow. Interesting. Do you think confidence is an end goal or an end station that you finally achieve after putting in so much work and you're like automatically there or is it more like a progress process journey? It's, it's, it's a, it's a journey and it's going to look differently for different people. And it's like, it's not like a point A to point B. It's like, I cannot tell you like, oh, this is exactly how you're going to become confident. I wish, I wish there was a concrete Mm. formula that was just like one size fits fits all, but it doesn't work that way. So I like to call it like the point C, point A to point C, like point A, like you have to start somewhere, but it's not going to be point B, but it's going to be point C and point C is going to look differently for everyone. 
and point mm. C is in like confidence. Damn, that's powerful. Thanks, thanks. I did an episode about it too. <laughs> Yo, check it out. <laughs> I think we should just end it right there. Like plug in your episode. <laughs> yeah, I so I have my own podcast called Runny Thoughts, and I did an episode about point C. So I literally call it like confidence point C. Interesting. And like, and like I spoke about how it's never point A to point B. It's point A to point C. And point C is where you decide point C is going to look for you. Ooh, how can someone not listen to that podcast episode after you drop something like that? Like Yo. you guys have to find it. <laughs> One more time, what is your podcast called? So it's called Runny Thoughts by Tashin Radoshi. You can also follow me on Instagram. Uh, it's on Apple Music and Spotify. And the episode is called Confidence. And I basically talk about point C and go more details about it and like share about like my experience specifically focusing on public speaking. Like mm. I love public speaking. I know I'm good at it, but mm-hmm. it gives me so much anxiety and it's something that I don't feel confident about most of the times. It's wow. Like, interesting. Yeah. Something that gives me confidence, but questions my confidence at the same time. It's a really interesting, like, dichotomy that i had to like navigate and figure out and that's what i explored in that episode nice you gotta check it out now like check out the episode guys if you listen to it awesome yes, well tashin thank you so much for taking the time to do this i really appreciate this thank you so much for having me and like being able to engage this conversation it was a nice catch-up session with you as well sweet awesome and yeah. this is the last time we're gonna speak so uh maybe we'll get <laughs> another episode who knows yeah yo if y'all want to hear more from me let Alif know <laughs> let, let it know, yeah and check yeah. her podcast out too <laughs> sick awesome well thanks a lot tasha really appreciate this thank you so much for having me goodbye stay safe later y'all hey thanks for checking out that episode make sure you're following me on instagram at alifios a-l-i-f-i-o-s and i will see you in the next episode take care <laughs>